In today's episode, our focus is going to be measuring key account success. As they say, what cannot be measured cannot be improved. But how do we measure the success of key account management efforts, including the metrics that should be used? How do you track that for progress over time? How to use data to make informed decisions? And how does a key account manager kind of leverage this data and technology to ace their cam game? So we need an expert to talk about all this. And that expert is none other than Pavel Caballo. He's the director of enterprise sales at Databricks. And he's my guest on today's episode of The Shift. Welcome, uh, Pavel Caballo. Really nice to have you with us here today. Thank you, Karthik. It's a true pleasure to be here with you. Yeah. So, Pavel, before we start, would love to understand uh, you know, what, what you guys at Databricks do. And specifically, uh, what is your role at Databricks? Sure. So Databricks provides a, a cloud platform for data, right? So we unified all kinds of data and support uh, all data-related use cases in one single platform, right? So regardless if you're working with uh, data warehousing, if you're working with data engineering or you know data science, we provide a unified uh, cloud platform to, to be able to manage data at scale, which obviously is very timely these days when organizations are trying to get returns out of their data and leverage AI in their business. That's what the company does. Um, what I do specifically is that I lead our Swedish organization. Wonderful. So thanks for giving us that context. So you're diving into our topic that we're looking today. What are some of the key metrics that organizations should actually use to measure uh, the success of their key account management efforts? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Kartik. And, uh, you know, uh, being in, in software as a service, uh, many organizations look, look at KPIs such as net revenue retention, right? Which is just showing how much of, of your recurring revenue you, re you manage to, to actually retain. For me, NPS uh, is really key and it's super relevant regardless of what kind of organization you are, right? So trying to understand the customer sentiment about you and your organization is always uh, super important. In a subscription business churn, it can be super interesting as well to, to follow up. And many organizations follow churn when it comes to, to revenue churn. I think that it is also important to, to discuss Shown in terms of number of customers, right? So are you are you losing customers? Regardless if, if the revenue keeps uh, flat or growing, keeping an eye on on your customer count is is really really key. When discussing with my team, so and obviously Databricks is uh, is growing quite heavily. Um, a tenure is one of those key KPIs that I, I really try to keep an eye on. And the reason for that, Kartik, is that we have identified that, uh, you know, really successful organizations, they manage actually to keep a stable account team working with their key accounts for long periods of time. And that creates a lot of trust between the vendor and, and, and the customer. And we give the account team a possibility to actually embed, embed uh, themselves into their customer and truly understand the customer business. Coming from the SaaS world and, and looking into what we call a consumption go-to-market, for us, it's also really, really important to understand the usage of our platform, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's not enough to actually sell the technology 
but we actually need to make sure that the technology is, is bringing the ROI that yeah. the customers expect. And, and that ROI could be measured in how many users you actually have on the platform and the growth trends for those users. Yeah. So uh, for me as a leader, one, one key metric is actually the, the weekly active user count. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could take it to a monthly ap- mm-hmm. active uh, user count as well. And I have, you know, um, Databricks has a, a mission of democratized data, right? Okay. So, so for me, for me in particular, uh, I have a bunch of metrics that I, that I follow up on my business. Mm-hmm. But you know, if, if the higher purpose of the company is to democratize data, then the more people that are active uh, on our platform, the, the better, right? That's a very okay. clear metric that we follow. So uh, I have some goals on what I want to see for the Swedish market during this year. And, you know, the goal is really to grow the, the number of weekly active users on the platform. Very interesting. Very interesting. So quite a lot of metrics out there and some key ones that you've highlighted there specifically for your market. So, yeah, so Baran, do you do you leverage uh, data analytics today to drive your key account success? Uh, and, uh, you know, how do you think organizations can make the most of the data that they have, you know, today, which they collect from uh, various platforms? Wow, that's a really good question. It's, it's a very wide topic. Yeah. So we are a data company and we, we do drink our own champagne. So, so we do use uh, a lot of data analytics and, and different prediction models to actually act quickly on trends that we're seeing for, uh, for our customers, right? So do we have customers growing really quickly or declining unexpectedly? We try to be proactive and, and, and the data is there. I think that, uh, you know, customer success is many times connected to, to leveraging best practices. And as a company, we do have a very data-driven way to assess if a customer is following or deviating from our best practices and actually can be very proactive, uh, proactive about it. I think that's one of the strengths that, that we bring in, in our value prop to, to our customers. Um, those are just a couple of examples. Yeah, the second part of your question is super interesting, right? So, uh, so how can organizations make the yes. most of the data? That's, that's the million dollar question, right? True, because uh, data is everywhere. So how do you get yeah, the ROI yeah. from that, right? Exactly. Exactly, right. And uh, we do have an opinion. I do have an opinion. I, I very much believe in our purpose of democratizing data, right? So, so, so what, what I mean by that is that we need to create solutions to make data available for all different data teams within the different enterprises. We need to let people collaborate and innovate on all the data um, without letting organizational silos be in the way, right? So many times you have data that is capturing, you know, in, in different uh, systems, uh, preparatory systems, etc. And we need to free up that data and, and make it available for all, right? Um, Typically, when you work with data, uh, you want to look at historic data, but you also want to try to predict the future, right? So most organizations today, they do that in two different tech stacks. Typically, you would have a, a tech stack that, that would allow you to, to, to look back in time. Yeah. Uh, and that's typically your data warehouse, right? Where, yeah. where you have all of your structured data, etc. But people are trying to, you know, look ahead, right? and do their, their data science uh, and machine learning. And, and they typically use another tech stack uh, to do that. So you are actually capturing data in different silos. You know, yeah. what happened yesterday is in one silo, what will happen tomorrow 
is in another one. And uh, I believe that the architecture of the future is a platform that will give you a possibility to actually look back and forward at the same time within the same architecture, right? And that is our value prop for what we call a data lakehouse. I truly believe that the companies that adopt the, the data lakehouse will have a competitive advantage going forward. Mm. You know, this is uh, not validated by, by the market. Databricks yeah. came to to market with the, with the concept of the data lakehouse. But if you just Google data lakehouse, you will see that, that the market has uh, adopted the term and many vendors are, are now uh, coming out with their their takes on the lake house concept right so we are super proud of the fact that we have uh, that we have created a, a term that that we truly believe in but you know it's, it's not enough with technology I, I i truly believe that to make most of your data you need to foster a data culture within the organization right so you need to ask yourself and you know going back to you guys at the mount farm or databricks right so how many of our processes are truly data driven right how much of, of our decision making is uh, is based on data? And I usually think about this, right? So imagine a, a meeting at, at the board, and uh, you're looking at a report that is telling you that your gut feeling is wrong. Yeah. Right. You should leave China. Mm. You should enter Mexico as a market. Mm. Right. Mm. Do you trust the data? Or do you trust the gut, right? Yeah. So uh, I, I think that, that you know, uh, as, as data gets democratized, uh, more and more organizations are looking to actually become more data-driven. Mm. But, but that cultural shift needs to change. And a very interesting trend that I'm seeing, Karteke, is actually uh, that organizations out there are starting to look at data as a financial asset. Yeah. Right. So, so there is this concept of return on data assets mm-hmm. that we introduced to the market that has been picked up by CFO.com and, and, and the CFO community, which is, is really simple, right? So it's defined by the, the income mm-hmm. driven by your data assets divided by the cost of maintaining those data assets, right? So uh, I think that's going to be a game changer in how organizations make the most uh, out of their data and, and change uh, and change the, their culture going forward. There's some very interesting points you said, and uh, you know it's a learning moment for me that you know you guys coined the term data lake, and now it's it's used across, and everyone has given it different meanings. And uh, uh, you know that that question which you said right in the board meeting, you have data which is telling you to do one thing, and your gut is saying the other. So who do you trust and how do you move forward with? That's interesting. What we are also seeing at Devad Farm is, you know, these days data is available across multiple channels, apps, platforms, uh, right? And, uh, you know, how do you kind of bring all those things together, uh, sort of create a connected app ecosystem itself, if you may call, where, you know, all this data is talking to each other and then you're able to get some insights out of that, uh, right? So I, I, I think you're right. The future is heading uh, towards that. So, you know, in this entire uh, piece, technology will be a key element, uh, right? So be it with respect to how you're capturing data, how the data is talking among each other and what kind of insights it's throwing at you. Uh, So how do you think organizations can actually leverage this technology to uh, kind of improve their overall key account management uh, process and strategies itself? Got it, Kartik. So, uh, also a very broad question. I mean, te- 
Technology and digital drives all aspects of society today, right? And key account management is just one aspect of society, right, of, of, our, of our profession. Sure. So uh, look, looking at technology, uh, obviously CRM uh, is going to be very basic but central for many vendors out there. I'm really excited about what I'm seeing around marketing automation. And, you know, MQLs, marketing qualified leads are widely used, right? So, so to give you an example, if a customer today visits your webpage yeah. or, or downloads uh, some, some content, that gives you an important signal, right? Sure. Uh, and that needs to be follow up, right? Yeah. A more uh, timely example, maybe, of how technology is actually changing the way of working is uh, how people within marketing and sales are leveraging chat yes. GPT, right? Yes, sure, sure. Uh, let, let me just give you a very trivial example, right? So um, so I'm not a, a native English speaker, right? Uh, but I, I need to speak English in my work uh, yeah. all the time. And in my position, I had to send a, an email to, to a customer exec. Mm. Um, and, you know, it usually takes me some time to, to find the right wording and you know the right nuances to, to the message right so I wrote an email you know based on my best uh, capacity and ability in English and I just put that email to chat the GPT with the prompt make it more formal uh. right and you know the output <laughs> was amazing you know yeah. it was amazing it was extremely professional I, you know it took me really it saved me a lot of time Right, because I could have gotten there, maybe, but you know, just writing in the, the best of of uh, that I could, and just making Chat GPT, you know, uh, put that level of formality into the wording and change some of the wordings without actually changing the core message. That was yeah. that was uh, that was great, right? There are so many examples. Yeah, I think yeah. that. Uh, you know, modern tools today, they help you keep track of the intensity of engagement. So uh, just to give you another example, uh, in CRM, uh, you manage your, your uh, sales opportunities, right? So nowadays, uh, you, you have the ability to, to integrate your CRM with your calendar and your email clients, yeah. which uh, starts giving you data points on, on the engagement intensity of a certain opportunity. Meaning that I can actually measure uh, on an opportunity how many meetings the E has had with the prospect, um, how many emails have we shared, how many emails have we received, how many files have been shared. So you yeah. start seeing trends on how your successful deals look like from an engagement perspective, yeah. and you can follow up on deals uh, deviating from uh, from that trend, right? So. Uh, I mean, I think that technology is truly at the forefront of the key account management today. And uh, there is a cultural shift there as well. Uh, so I truly think that, you know, sellers and organizations leveraging technology are better. So there is this saying, you know, that selling is an art. Well, I believe that selling today is a science and an art. Yeah. You know, so yeah. and that's what technology is giving us. No, that's so true. In, in fact, uh, we we were running a marketing campaign as well, where uh, you know typically we say, like you rightly said, uh, you know salespeople are artists, and uh, you know selling is an art. Uh, but with more data coming into the picture, and you know a lot of these AI ML algorithms running and churning out insights, now I think it's equally a science as well. 
in fact, uh, at Demand Farm, we call it the science of connections itself. So how oh, really? Kind of, uh, you know, connect all these dots and make sense out of it. So, Pavel, uh, you, you mentioned one point about, you know, having this mindset shift itself with, with respect to, you know, using technology or using uh, data to kind of manage your strategic accounts. So could you talk about what would be a few of the challenges which organizations encounter when making this transition and making this shift? And how could they probably overcome that with your experience? Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question as well. Uh, I think that typically organizations focus on metrics that they can measure, hmm. which not necessarily points to the key account success metrics, right? So uh, just to give you a really terrible example, from the beginning of my sales career, I worked at an organization that would measure me on the minutes of outgoing calls, oh. right? And, you know, there was a lot of focus and a lot of pressure and reports were shared daily, uh-huh. uh, you know, in, in drag status, like where you were. And if, if you were below a certain number of hours outgoing calls, you would be in the red, right? So this created a lot of stress within us in, in inside sales uh, organization, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what people started doing was that they actually would take the company phone and they would call their own mobile phones just to get the minutes running, right? And, and that, that was just terrible. It added zero value to the organization. And the problem there was that the organization was focusing on a metric that they could measure, but not necessarily a metric that would make any difference, right? Yeah. So uh, I think that key account success and, and looking at the not necessarily the success of us within sales, but actually our customers, right? Mm-hmm. So key account success should be measuring KPIs that actually mm-hmm. resonate with the specific account, mm-hmm. right? There should be alignment between the sales team and the customer and a common definition of success. And yeah. I truly like sales methodologies that put metrics uh, in the forefront, making the account team really understand what KPIs and metrics the specific customer is looking to, to drive. Yeah. Right. And, and an example of that is Medic, which, uh, which we use and many other organizations use uh, as a sales methodology. And, you know, the M in, in Medic is actually metrics. That, that's where everything starts. You need to define um, what metrics are important to, to your customers. So, you know, in, in summarizing it, don't focus only on what you can measure, but actually make sure that you're measuring the relevant uh, right. metrics. That's uh, that's kind of my my message. And uh, this is always uh, a question for discussion within us in, in, in our leadership team. Are we measuring the right behaviors? Are we, or what we are measuring, is it driving the right behaviors that we want? And is it customer obsessed? Are we focusing on our customers? Or are we focusing on our internal processes, right? And and uh, keeping us honest in that sense is, is is super important for our success and our customers' success. Absolutely, absolutely. One other uh, challenge that we typically see is, uh, you know, there are a few uh, star sales folks in the organization and then there are a few who may be mediocre, right? So how can organizations maintain a balance where they're able to institutionalize key account management itself uh, right. And by leveraging, you know, probably technology or methodologies like you spoke about medic and data, uh, vis-a-vis just through relationship selling. <laughs> so essentially you're, you're asking me if we need account managers in the future or if we can be replaced by robots, right? <laughs> well, I don't think so that's going to happen and we don't want that to happen because then 
you would want to interact with a human and buy from the human. But is it just about establishing those relationships? Uh, or, you know, how can you complement that with, you know, data, technology, and institutionalizing the entire process of account management? Yeah, totally, totally right. So uh, when we speak about account management, it's a very broad term. So uh, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the answer is it depends on the complexity of your value prop. Mm -hmm. uh, as I said before, I truly believe that, that key account management today is a science and an art. And you need both extensively to, you need to really, you know, leverage uh, technology, but also foster relationships. Yes. You know, when looking at our most uh, successful sellers, not only at Databricks, throughout my career, I think that um, in complex selling, and, and especially when you're selling cutting edge tech, mm. What the customers buy is not necessarily what you have today. They buy your future innovation, yeah. right? So they buy a partnership with you because they truly believe in your future ability to solve their problems. And I think that relationships, build trust and trust is what would drive the customers to, to behave in, in that sense of choosing you as a partner for the long run, right? So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, relationship selling will still be, still be a, a, a key part of, of our profession. But, uh, you know, I don't think that we will be replaced by robots, Absolutely. but we will be replaced by people using technology in a smart way. And those will be the, the stars of the future. I'm totally convinced about that. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. Uh, so my last question, uh, Pavel, is... How do organizations adapt their uh, measurement strategies as their key accounts evolve and change over a period of time? That's really a good question. Um, you know, typically, we, we try to identify what makes our key accounts successful. And, and we try, try to understand the, the macro trends. So we usually define customer journeys and can define relevant KPIs depending on where in the journey the, the, the customer actually is, right? Yeah. So um, it could be that, that, you know, in the beginning of, uh, of the journey, you want to measure adoption mm. of the tech, right? While later on, you start following up on quantifying the business impact of your solution, net revenue retention, renewal rates, etc. right? So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still a big believer in being customer obsessed and having a joint definition of success with your key accounts. So that will change over time, following the, the customer's own journey, right? But ensuring that we actually keep that alignment is actually key to maintaining relevance in the long term. So keeping really, really close to the customers and driving the partnership with the, with the joint definition of success and, and joint me metrics, I think is, um, is the secret sauce in, in key account management. Yeah, yeah. So, so I had some very interesting learning. So I think uh, one, it's very important that you are customer obsessed when you're approaching the strategic accounts. Uh, there needs to be a joint agreement of what success really means for the accounts, both from the, uh, the account manager as well as from the client side. It's important to measure the relevant metrics and not just measure metrics for the sake yeah. of having those metrics. And I, I love those instances that you shared. And I think last but not the least, account managers will not be replaced by robots, uh, but by the stars who are going to leverage uh, data and technology to their advantage. 
So really loved our conversation, Pavel. And thanks once again for being part of the show. Thank you, Karthik. Thank you.